Guys, I am evolving as we speak. Every single day, I evolve into a new, better human being, and I will tell you the latest evolution of my abilities as a human being. You're not lactose intolerant anymore? No, no, I'm definitely still lactose intolerant. But (laughs) the last few weeks while I've been eating breakfast, you know, I've got my big thing of water, and uh, I'll be eating, and then I'll start choking a little bit, and I'll try to like <laughs> Is drink this every day. Does this happen? Not every, every day, but like frequently, once a week, Have maybe. You seen a doctor. So you're saying you live with someone who every morning is like, "Oh, that's just Russ's morning choke." Yeah, prob- I shouldn't go prob- in there. That's probably true. He gets False so alarm. embarrassed if I see him choking. <laughs> now it should be noted that I, for a while, was like drinking water to try to clear the choke out. You know how it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, sure. That's what science says to clear the choke out. Now it does, yeah, because when you have food st- lodged in your windpipe, mm-hmm. you need its friend. You need its good friend water to also go down windpipe to, to show it what for. Definitely true. <laughs> to show it the to guide I, it Griffin, t- I tenderly was, down I the windpipe. I have a feeling that, however, this thought ends is wilder than whatever he's saying right now. So we should just let it turn right. on through. So. I've, I, this happened a lot where I'd start choking and I'd try to, regardless, it didn't usually go great. Basically, one of two <laughs> things happened. One, I'd waterboard myself and basically couldn't breathe for 30 seconds because I tried to force the water down. Yeah. Option two, my mouth would be full and my nose has been kind of stuffed, so I couldn't breathe and there was really nowhere for the water to go, so I'd just spit the water all over myself. Awesome. So that happened a bunch of times. This morning... Uh-huh. Started happening again. My brain reached a point where I was like, wait a minute, grab the glass, Russ, just spit it out back into the glass. And I did that. And you know what, guys? <laughs> We're great. Wait, 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 wait. You just poured water, you poured ineffective water into your choking mouth and then just dumped the water right back out into the glass? Well, I spit the, spit the water back into the glass once I started choking. What, what you're describing is a milestone that my son hit between the age of two and three. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem with doing this as the cold open. It's anytime we start with a rust-centric cold open, my impulse is always, 100% of the time, is always, fuck video games. I don't want to talk about them. <laughs> Can we spend a half hour on Russ? Who just gets I I can't I cannot believe you get weirder as you get older. I've I known know. you for a decade. First off, getting sexier and more handsome oh, every day, shucks. infuriating. The beard looks fantastic. Let Thank me get you. that out of the way. So I can say, how are you becoming more, more maddening as the years <laughs> progress? The, the the older handsomeness, Justin, is his award mm. for not killing himself while doing the most basic human function. <laughs> and I guess our reward, uh, our reward for tolerating <laughs> and embracing him all these years. You got this punum. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best Resident Evil game. My, my name is Christopher <laughs> McElroy, and I know the best Resident Evil game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best Resident Evil game of the moment. My name is Ross Farshick, and I know the best game of the week. I want to start off by saying this is the besties. This is the uh, uh, show where friends discuss the latest and greatest in home 
interactive entertainment. It's a video game club, and uh, just by listening, you have joined. You've been uh, conscripted into our, our ranks, so welcome to you. Usually we talk about a new game or a bevy of new games, but we have uh, recently begun trying to ferret out the best of certain franchises. We did it with Zelda. We did it with certain years of games, and uh, we are uh, neck deep in the Resident Evil franchise. If you didn't listen last week, go back and uh, we 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 winnowed down a list of what what was it, Russ? What did we start with? We started with ten, uh, and now we're 10. down to four. We're down to four, um, and I wanted to give a little bit of credit before we begin to some of the um, other. Resident Evil <laughs> games that we didn't even discuss. And it, it seems like a huge oversight to me. Hmm. Uh, first off, uh, Resident Evil on the game.com. Now, I don't know if you guys played this one or not. Oh, of course. Uh, no, the, we, we got the big ones. We got the, the no, we didn't, we didn't talk about all the Resident Evil games because there are too many. Uh, and a bad Resident Evil game is just about as bad as it gets. So we are down to four. <laughs> what do we got? <laughs> We've got Resident Evil 4 going up against Resident Evil 2, holy cow. And we've got the newbies, Resident Evil 7 versus Resident Evil Village in the semifinals. It's a good pairing. Also, uh, just yeah. to finish Justin's idea, uh, all the non-Resident Evil core games are pretty much bad, but the best non-core Resident Evil games are the knockoffs. Dino Crisis, mm. Parasite oh, yeah. Eve. Those well, games do deserve a little bit of love. Parasite Eve was a Square Enix joint. Yeah, so I'm, I'm saying like games, but it's an alike. I mean, it's an alike. They're building. I guess up so. It. I guess so. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of Resident Evil Gaiden for the Game Boy Color. You know, they did their best oh. with what the limited bits and bytes that they had available to them. Sure. So, which one's first of these? Is it two two v four? We're going to be doing two v uh, Resident Evil two versus Resident Evil four first. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week rocket money they make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need keep the ones you want get rid of the rest here's how it works rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending and helps lower your bills they'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20 percent all you have to do is take a picture of your bill and rocket money takes care of the rest that might sound too good to be true i have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments i have and it's worked which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties I will champion Resident Evil 2 which goes against my better instincts because yes. 4 might be my winner but I after replaying the uh, the 2 remake I think I, I recognized what a, a triumph that game is and I, I definitely played it a bit on the original PlayStation even though I was the first one gave me such terrible nightmares mm. but you want to talk about a game that just kind of steps it up in every 
like conceivable way. I feel like second, like the very first sequel to a new IP, especially during that, uh, you know, PlayStation One era, was usually pretty bad. Like usually you had a, a pretty tight turnaround time. Yeah. And it's it. There is a lot of sort of cashing in uh, going on that was very, very, I would say, prevalent uh, back back in the day. Maybe still a bit today, but uh, not not quite as bad as it was back then. But man, Resident Evil Two beats the shit out of Resident Evil One in quality, in scope and ambition, in might I say fun factor. Uh, the fun factor, yeah, can't discount it. Well, fun but, factors through the roof. But let me let uh, me ask you this thing. Do you think yeah. that would be the case if Resident Evil 2 hadn't gotten that remake that basically made it like modern day playable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, f- I for sure think, I mean, yes, the Resident Evil 2 on PlayStation is still like a, a fantastic game. I even think, though it's yeah. got, it's it's got the tanky controls of, of Resident Evil 1, but like a lot of the, I mean, it's still got some dog shit puzzles, but uh, fewer of them, I would argue, yeah. and it also is just such a bigger package. You have the the two different protagonists with like sort of diverging storylines. You did have uh, two kid protagonists in the first game, just to fact well, check. Well, yeah, but that I feel like that the difference between those two wasn't quite as dramatic. That's one could true. pick yeah. one could pick locks, and one was big. And <laughs> that was about it. Uh, just the the environments were a lot more. I, I mean, it was a bigger world. You yeah. had all of Raccoon City more or less, and then uh, you know the police station, the sewers. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember the all comic of the book shop. The comic book shop, sure. Um, there's just so much. There's so much there. Um, yeah, two is very, very good. It also expanded sort of like um, the 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 combat, I guess, just by virtue of adding sort of more weapons and more ways to kind of interact with the world. I feel like by the end of Resident Evil 1, you are still sort of scrambling mm-hmm. for survival. But at the end of Resident Evil 2, that's like the first time that they're like... Here's a here's a grenade launcher like yeah. go, and and a lot of ammo for it. Go, you know, blow up all this stuff, which, you know, would eventually lead to the series' downfall, but they use it sparingly enough in in Resident Evil 2. Um yeah, I don't I don't know how if it is fair for us to factor in the remake. I think uh, we need to because it's not close in my opinion. Resident Evil 4 destroys the PlayStation the original, Resident Evil 2, yeah. like not even close. So That's I think fair. we need uh, to. But if if you had to sight and scene play one of these, I feel like the Resident Evil Resident Evil Four is a very good game. I'm not discounting that, but like the the improvements that have made to Resident Evil Two in the remake make it seem so much more relevant mm. and a hmm. pleasure to play and cool to look at. And like if you're gonna play one right now in 2021, and there's probably a lot of people for whom like are coming to this late who have not experienced those games. I feel like two is currently like the better experience just because it hasn't gotten like the. Is there anybody who that could be? Like who, who could that, who could that be? Who haven't played either of them? Who hasn't played Resident Evil 4? This guy. Please don't overestimate, like please don't underestimate our decrepitness. Anytime you do, it start to like forget how decrepit we are as human beings. And how like there's a new like, like generation of people who like, will need to have Justin, 9-11 explained to them. I'm talking about them. myself. Like, Chris Plant did not Plant. play Resident Evil 4. I know. I'm, I'm, I know. He, Chris is the young, nubile, <laughs> sort of I'm a Zoomer, fleshed. baby. Yeah. So how did 4, come, how did four hit you then? Terrible. You, you guy. Yeah, Terrible. Bud, that's what I'm it's, saying. It is not pleasurable. 
Um, the controls <laughs> are extremely not fun. Um, the beginning of the game is extremely not fun with those controls. Um, I, 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 to be fair, I did my research because I'm, I already can feel my at replies. They're, they're so much fun right now. What's I that watched at, that a plan? lot of it once I couldn't stand playing it anymore. And, and I get it. It looks awesome when somebody has the ability to control it. I think the remake of this is going to do it a huge service and it will be awesome and maybe it'll become my favorite resident evil game i think the difference between this and resident evil 2 going back and playing resident evil 2 is it's still tight corridors and the game is designed with the tank controls in mind i think the problem with resident evil 4 is it comes right in the middle of two different epochs of control right you got like it's kind of a tank game but it kind of wants to be a modern action game and as a result it feels really really brutal to me, a new player, playing it in the year of our Lord 2021. Okay, Chris Plant, this is important. Yes. I know you said you played it. Yes. How far did you play it? I got did past you... the first village. Okay, so you okay. got basically into the... The reason I ask, and this is something that I told you as you were struggling with it, is because that first village area is maybe the hardest part of the entire game. It's really or one of the- ser- Or potentially the entire series. Yeah. It is the wildest way to start out a game is saying, you have nothing, yeah. here's a village with 30 people in it, and they're all gonna try to kill you all at once, and we are not going to tell you what the fuck's going on, where to go, how to survive, what to do. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's bonkers. And I was gonna say, I think the rest of the game is more designed around the controls than that first area is. And honestly, if there if we did not know a remake was going to be coming in the next couple of years, right? Like, it's going to happen. I probably would commit to it and just play through because it's like, whatever. I have to learn it. This is going to be my opportunity to play this game. I'll make it work. Sure. But between the remake and the VR experience, which I think I would much prefer, um, yeah. just in terms of, like, aiming, it's like, man, you know what? I, I know that I'm going to like this game. I'd rather just save it for a version of it that I'm going to find like the most pleasurable. Again, none of this is fair, I think, in terms of like fully docking it because we're just talking about it like literally, what if you just are that random person you happen to be picking it up today? My defense of Resident Evil 2 is I couldn't have it as a little kid because my mom said it was too scary and she Mm. spoke with the person at Babbage's and they said you would be a bad mom if you gave them this to your kid. So I coveted it for years. And then when I finally got it, it was the rare game that completely lived up to it. Like, it was just You're, like, When I you finally got it, were you playing the original or were you playing the remake? I was playing the original. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. only like three or four years later. But okay. when I played it, it was like, wow, this is as adult and as scary and cool as I thought it would be. You know, so many of those games as a kid, like Mortal Kombat, you play it and you're like, oh, this isn't actually, this is just kind of like a mediocre fighting game. Resident Evil 2, you play it and you're like, wow, this is... A lot of big ideas. The original, okay, come on. The original no, World okay, Combat yes, is fine. a mediocre I, fighting game. I, I want to really quickly come to the defense of the opening of Resident Evil 4 because I've been sitting yes, here thinking about it. The the Resident Evil games have a bad tendency to like blow up their own power curve to the point where it's not a scary mm-hmm. thing at all and it becomes yep. like a big kind of blockbuster meathead shooting game, which is not its core competency. And I think by the end of three and code Veronica, like they had explored the power curve that they had sort of initially installed in, in resident evil to like the fullness of 
of their ability. And so it almost makes sense that in Resident Evil 4, you start out in this like horrifying scramble where you are ill-equipped to handle like this, this flood of zombies that are coming after you. And then once you get past that, it's a slow curve of like finding treasures to give to the trader to like upgrade your pistol. And my favorite thing, I think Resident Evil 4 has the best like RPG totally progression-y agree. mechanics of all of the games, totally. even the newest ones, like finding a new weapon and upgrading it feels so impactful because you are always up against it in Resident Evil 4. Yeah. And, and for me, like that is, I know not the core DNA of the series and maybe not the thing that most people judge it by, but like, I don't know, I am still drawn to Resident Evil 4 because I walk into a body of water and I'm like, I gotta cut up these fish with my knife or else I am not going to have <laughs> enough like health to like make it through this next section. Yeah, I feel ownership over the character in Resident Evil 4 in ways that I really don't in most of the other games because I am making yeah. these impactful like, what pistol am I using? What shotgun am I using? How am I arranging the fucking briefcase, which is the best thing in any Resident Evil game? I love that <laughs> briefcase. And uh, having that inventory system made me feel ownership. Here's a little secret, y'all. The story and the lore of Resident Evil is fucking bullshit stupid. I'm sorry for people that like <laughs> wow. it. It's fucking bullshit stupid. So all that really leaves you with is the experience of playing it and the, you know, Here's this moment where I shot a what a rocket launcher at a giant guy that was coming at me. That stuff's exciting and great and fun. But if you remove the lore stuff, all you really have is who are you playing as? In my case, I'm Leon in Resident Evil 4, and I've selected my whole loadout, and I feel like I am control of how I'm playing the game, whereas in a lot of the other games, I feel like I'm kind of following a pretty set path in right. how those yeah, games play. But I do think you gotta give Ethan Winters a hand. Okay. Come on, Christopher. Terrible. Come on, uh, Christopher. We're not talking about Ethan Winters yet. <laughs> we're, we can't do that. Um, Let's talk. Can we also, I don't want to discount spin kicks. Oh, this is, Resident Evil 4 yes. does have the ability to yep. do what you want. When a zombie is closing on you, it is almost always a frustrating experience in any game with slow-moving enemies like this. Mm -hmm. Except Resident Evil 4 finally says, like, what if you just fucking spin kick them? <laughs> yeah. And then the zombies are 100% vulnerable to spin kicks. Yep. Uh, basically, it's insta-kill. <laughs> yeah. Hit, if, as I'll, far as I'm concerned. That's um, the thing I don't understand about Resident Evil fandom, though. I feel like so many times a new Resident Evil game comes out and people are like, yeah, I like I like the beginning when it plays it straight, but eventually it just becomes too much. You know, not like Resident Evil Four. That's the masterpiece, and it's like, what? No, you're, you're like firing rockets and no, it takes a while. People. It takes Again, a while like to get there. That's every Resident Evil game. People talk about it like this isn't how every Resident Evil game works. They all take this trajectory. Yeah, they all um, get bonkers. I think the pacing in four is better than the other games for the most part because it takes so long before it really becomes long. silly. Yeah, it's not that long. Is it like uh, twenty six okay. hours? Let's let's. It's that boring. sounds good to me. What's what's what are we feeling here? How are we leaning? Because I'm gonna I, let I, you three vote because I I feel like I'm a little bit on. I, I, I'll 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 dive in if after you three vote. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, th I think it's, I think it's fourth for that, that one reason of it is the, the progression of four is I think the best in the series. Yeah. I think and I, 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 think I really like it. it. Juice. Yeah. Four is cool. I mean, I don't, I, I have, I don't have a lot of religion here. I mean, I, I think two is cool. I, I'm 
I know myself, I have a bias towards games that have been updated towards modern sensibilities and have become more pleasurable experiences. I, I, I'm trying to think of it like this. If 4 got a modern update in the same way that 2 had, I would probably be going for 4. Mm-hmm. For It's just a richer yeah. experience overall. Um, I'm still taking into account the remake with 2, but I feel like uh, that's not necessarily enough to put it over the top of 4. Um, so I, I, I would lean 4. I know we have a lot of new listeners um, since we you know dropped spat- Spotify. Spotify. Um, a little Mary of Easttown right there. Um, <laughs> is that, is that yeah. how the we, is that how the relationship? We works? drop Spotify. I'll they never forget. We're like, this is too far. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, look, we went to them and we grabbed them by their heads. We said, "Listen, it's Joe Rogan or us, baby." And we were. And <laughs> they didn't even think about it. <laughs> um, but no, if, if, if like, how did you get in here? <laughs> <laughs> if you're new, if you're new to the show, you should go back and listen to the episode we did on both the Resident Evil Two and the Resident Evil Three remakes, because those games are great. Especially that Resident Evil Two remake might be the best remake ever of a video game. Like, it's pretty good. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, and also, I, I just looked it up. Resident Evil Four for uh, VR, I think, it drops later this year. Yeah, on, it on is. Coming I can't wait. Uh, Quest Two, which is a, finally a reason for me to upgrade. You can type on the typewriter in yeah, VR. Yeah, you can. You can throw your gun and knife up in the air and catch them. Maybe, probably <laughs> oh, even stab I'm yourself. I'm so excited. Um, okay. I, yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm. I. I think that sounds fine. Resident Evil Four wins. All right. Okay. Um, now it's just. 7v8. You want to talk? I feel like Juice can, if you are the fan of the modern shit, this is uh, about as modern as it gets. I mean, it's, oh, this is tough because obviously there's some recency bias. I just had a great time playing 8. Have we all that, finished 8 at yes. this point? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, but we'll try to keep it, obviously, like, we're not going to get into spoilers. Stuff, but um, I had a great time playing 8. Uh, and I think that there is so much to like about it. Um, I I feel like uh, it's this is one where it really does come down to more of a matter of taste mm-hmm. because I feel like Seven is a better horror experience in terms of like, whoa, I'm scared. And Eight is a better like action gameplay kind of experience. Um yeah, they're both excellent games. I mean, seven. If you don't have any context here, seven came out. We did this a little bit last week, but like seven was an incredible rebirth for this franchise that had been languishing for a decade. Um, completely back to its roots, back to um, not even back to its roots, but like a reevaluation of what it means to be this franchise in the modern era. It's very intimate. It's a haunted house experience. Like that's yes. straight, straight over the plate haunted house with like a bigger, uh, bigger than life cast of characters. And they can that's grab it. you, which normally you can't get grabbed in a haunted house. But here they can. Here they can touch you and not get fired because yeah. it's not their yeah. job. It's their life. And you are allowed to attack them back, which uh-huh. is definitely not cool in a haunted house. Typically, um, my only real knock against seven is that in the last quarter to a third, it loses a lot. It, it changes the environment and loses a lot of like the really special character of um, 
the the first part of the game in a way that I feel like kind of breaks the tension a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. It becomes much more combat heavy and action focused, and I think it's it succeeds less often than it does in the first part of, yes. the, of the game. And eight does the same thing, but without spoilers, it does it in it, it provides more context that makes yes. that eight that is, heel eight turn. is better at what it does at that at that twist than seven even though yes. it is an extremely one might say identical twist uh that seven does it does it much it does it much better yeah. eight also has a better sense of humor i, I the, the, yeah these two games i would compare it to um batman arkham asylum versus what was the one right after that the city arkham city, oh, yeah arkham city yeah where i think seven is close to flawless in that like each section leads into the next but it's a very compact world that you're in you know it's like mm-hmm. that house and like the neighboring structures um so there's not a lot of room for it to slip up eight for better and for worse has the village and there are parts of that that i like a lot where you're like oh i can go down the river and i can find these like bonus things and that's very fun or there's other uh, side quest bosses all of that's great then there's also parts where you're like stuck in the village and you can't figure out which direction to go because the map makes it look like you can go down a path, but you can't. Um, and that is just messy. There's just a little bit more messiness in a, at random points. Um, but I think the individual components, like once you actually get to where you're going, are better pretty much top to bottom than seven barring the very the first character that you fight the dad and seven i think his entire yeah. like that first p- period in the house in seven is fantastic so and after good. that i think i think it kind of like it's it's not bad uh, i disagree man pretty which, much which, every boss pretty much every boss fight in seven completely kicks ass completely kicks ass yeah there's a chainsaw fight i don't know if you remember the uh, fact there's a chainsaw there's a fight there's a chainsaw f- duel the fight where the big worm mom is like climbing all over the building that you are inside and like trying to like play hide and seek with her that that the bit with the car well, yeah the car, yeah the car is the one that the car is part of the first one say what you will about seven the boss fights are I much 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 better than eight. I think eight's a great game, and I think eight had a lot of incredible moments. And we've extolled the virtues of eight very very recently, so you don't need me to go on. But the boss fights in seven, and the characters in seven, and the way that I don't know how how comprehensive that all is is phenomenal. Is is absolutely. I think absolutely eight great. is only. So, I think eight. So not not a lot of what you're talking about. I think is the fact that eight does try to loosen the reins a little bit on yeah. you. Like it's not as tight of an experience, but I think that's by design mm-hmm. because they are trying to give you more flexibility in how much you um y- you know, how much of the world you are exploring, what kind of like strategy you want to take when you're exploring through, how thorough you want to be. I think that 8 is interesting in that um I feel like it is the first one of these where like you are not, it is not absolutely essential that, I mean, most survival horror games are very much about, like, walk into the room and get every last scrap of stuff that's littered about. And I feel like 8 lightens up on the resource management a little bit that lets you focus on, like, the game parts rather than just the, you know, uh, maddeningly clicking every interactive thing in the environment. Yeah, it's designed, I think, in such a way that, like, technically you could beat the game if you're really just, like, being a total moron and it, like missing all yeah. the glowy bits. And yeah. because of that, it will feel 
a little bit mushier and there will be times where you feel overpowered for a circumstance because you've been really thorough previously. Exactly, I like yeah. that because I feel like I'm rewarded for my persistence and like checking corners and stuff like that. But I also realize, uh, but I also acknowledge that like, I really dislike the like stress of playing a game where like I'm scared all the time. And yeah, and I've spoken about yes. this before. The reason why I was not able to get into seven was because it is like kind of the opposite sort of game that I enjoy playing. But I know tons of people who do enjoy that. Yeah, so. it's so it's so wild because I just talked about how four is one of my favorites because of the, the progression and the mm -hmm. gear and the sort of RPG ness of it and eight basically replicates that right like yeah eight, eight i think it's still better in four but it is it is better similar. in four i think I, I agree with you uh but for whatever reason like I, seven had the what the coins you could find that you could buy like a few different upgrades here yep. or there um and I, yeah i don't know we, we've we've gone pretty long on this and i'm curious of how everyone is is feeling because I, I i i weirdly think it's seven for me i think i, I like seven better yeah, I, I, I think I lean towards seven. I I adore both these games. I think I yeah. am on in Justin's camp where I think I like eight a lot more than most people do right now. I, I think it rules. But seven is just the Is there a vibe, vibe against of, eight? Are people not loving eight? I don't I I'm I think people are I think people like discourse. it. I think people like it a lot, but I, I don't think it's had had as rapturous of a moment as seven. But seven the, just the vibe. In the same way that I love the energy of Resident Evil One. I mean, we talked about all the ways that Resident Evil Two is better than one. I personally prefer like the the vibe of of one more. I like that kind of like compact, classic, you know, like early Romero horror energy. Yeah. I think I I just I found eight. I think it's got to be eight for me. It's like such a pleasurable experience. I love the balance between horror and action. I think the uh, it's it's there's a better sense of humor in eight that's so fun and funny. Yeah. And the stakes of eight are much more relatable and understandable than they have been. And I, I and also like we haven't touched on this much, but like I love the structure of eight. Mm, yeah. I love that you like are going into like you're in a hub world that you'll return to and will gradually expand. But then when you go into these other environments, it's with the acknowledgement that like, I'm not coming back here. So it's like, I, I it's this great sense of progression where you're like, okay, I'm going to clear all this out. Cause this is my one chance to get this stuff. I mean, you can go back, but like, it's not necessarily designed for you to have to do that, mm -hmm. to venture off into these hub worlds and then come back to a central environment where you can breathe a little bit um, while still there's a sense of danger and stuff does happen in the, in the central hub. But like it feels so good to have these ebbs and flows between tension and uh, a rebuilding phase. And I think makes the tense moments land uh, that much more. Yeah. Um, it's more flexible. I love that you're not scavenging for every single pistol shot. So where it like it, it encourages you like, hey, shoot these guys. Like, go for mm -hmm. it. We'll, we'll find some more bullets somewhere. Don't sweat it. Um, that that's not the tension. The, the tension is like things happening to you in the environment and not an artificial tension created by scarcity of resources. Um, I it's got to be eight for me. What I would say in in defensive eight is I think. You know, there are scary parts in eight. Certainly the like dollhouse, which we've talked about at length, is like a very creepy elm like moment. And what I liked about that is that it was at most 40 minutes long and I had that experience and it was like satisfying. It wasn't this like oppressive, 
I've got four more hours of this, which is the vibe that I right. was getting from uh, Seven. I feel bad because, again, it does boil down to taste and whether you like that experience, like whether you like playing Alien Isolation or whatever and hiding from a terrible thing for hours on end. I don't. I much prefer the, you know, action mixed with occasional terror, um, which is why I like Village. So I don't know if that convinced anyone to go otherwise, but I'll, yeah. yeah. I'll I switch would switch. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't. I, Justin makes a great point. Like the for me, it wasn't the structure. The strength of the structure wasn't like this feeling of oh, I need to complete all of this stuff because I'm not coming back here. As much as it was like, I'm gonna walk through this door into this new kingdom and not know what kind of genre it's going to be yeah. going for, what kind of vibe it's going to be. Uh, you know, this one is like an adventure puzzle game, more or less. And this one is just a straight up like mow down just hordes of zombies like that. That was very exciting. And while seven is more like obviously cohesive sort of experience until the last third, uh, that that was super fun. I In my mind, they are very, very, very close. So mm-hmm. I, I don't mind switching. I'm switching just for the moment when you meet a character later in the game and they give you a very powerful weapon and then tell you to be subtle about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, Justin's comment about like it, the sense of humor in in eight is pretty fantastic. Yeah. All okay. Right. We'll do eight. Uh, that leads us with Resident Evil Four versus Resident Evil Village coming up in the finals after this break. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts. And you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills, the unexpected overages. Sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so... You know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. 
And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. You think it's a tie? That's certainly not a tie. That seems bad. <sighs> okay, can like we do that. eight is a higher number than four? I mean, so... that's true, but the game is not called Resident Evil 8. It's called Village. So wh- is Village a higher number than four? Yeah. It has more than four letters in it. It does. And it also has the it has the eight, but it's in Roman numerals. And I don't know if you saw it. You know how they made some of the letters different? different it's kind of subtle. It's pretty subtle and cute the, and the, winky. The fact that we've landed on these two games, does this mean that they should just make all Resident Evil games in a village? Mm, or they should make them... By fours, right? So we won't get yes. another truly great one until 12. Uh-oh. Well, 11 will be pretty good, too, and we'll be <laughs> yeah, torn about true. whether 11 or 12 is better. Um, golly. it's this. We've done ourselves a real disservice here because like, we do not excel at, here's a great game from the past that was formative for the series and also, in a lot of ways, the genre as a whole versus here is the better version of that that came out okay, that's, months ago. That's a very good point, yeah. Griffin, and I would like to touch on that if you're if you're listening to this. You should understand that like what we are doing at this point, at least from my perspective, is codifying our own metrics versus weighing the objective quality of these two properties like it's, right. it's it's irrelevant i mean it's like it's yeah it's, it's our irrelevant. favorite right yeah. right there are no objective properties of games spoiler alert. well but the, the podcast isn't called the favorites right but I th- i'm saying that this is more complicated because in a way that the zelda conversation was not because we are because those games you can still go back to and they can succeed or fail based on their own merits in a way that like a lot of games in this franchise cannot cannot stand because they're bumping up against a lot of like 3d cruft um yeah i don't link to the past still like you don't need we're not we didn't have to weigh the hd remake of link to the past versus breath of the wild link to the past looked great it like whips ass and still whips ass and and has whipped ass um, that's why it's muddier with with the the, the climate of remakes here. I, I think it is somewhat muddier, but in this case, I stu- despite what Plant said in the intro, I do believe that you can go back and play four right now if you can get past that first part, which is re- genuinely the hardest part of the game, and adapt to the controls, which are a little hinky but totally manageable. And it is a, a stunning game. I also wanted to like. I mean, there's obviously a ton of similarities between these two games. So I'm going to just talk about a few of them. And my personal preference is I still lean towards four. And here's a couple reasons why. One, they both have briefcases. That is true. Yeah. The briefcase in four (laughs) is a more meaningful briefcase. Better. Because you actually need to consider, should I pick this thing up or not? Whereas the briefcase in eight, 
basically it might as well be infinite because you can carry yeah. so much shit in that briefcase. Before you have to make decisions like, do I get rid of this one big egg so that I can fit these two smaller eggs in my briefcase? Will I get more health from the small brown egg and the small white egg or one big white egg? What a what a game. I do. I love though, but in eight, sometimes you open up your briefcase and you're like, God, I got a lot of chicken in here. <laughs> I got I got to clear out some of this chicken. Um, um that that is just one example of of uh something that I particularly like. Um These two games are conversations with each other, which is very are. cool. I mean, even the shopkeeper in this game, which is a, a sort of idea from 4, the shopkeeper is like it's a it is kind of a weird, maybe it's it works better in the original Japanese where it's a weird moment where he's like what are you buying? It's like, uh, that's something a friend of mine I used to know would say sometimes. <laughs> like, you didn't need to do that. <laughs> not, like, this is, that was not the only way of handling this. I, but. I enjoyed the merchant in four better just because his shit was much more straightforward. He didn't, he didn't talk to me cryptically about my, about my weird space baby. He was just like, I'm here to provide goods and services, and you have. <laughs> you have a bunch of crystal skulls. <laughs> I love. No, okay, let's talk about that for a second, Griffin. Yeah, I actually disagree with you on this. Mm. Okay, I love the addition in eight of a force that understands this world. It's a classic, like fantasy. It's basically Tom Bombadil. Yeah, a force that understands this world better than you do. That may be friend or maybe foe, mm -hmm. and is kind of like on the sidelines somewhere where like they understand what is going on on a deeper level than you do. And I think that if you have a character like that, it makes the it makes it seem a lot less like a game designer created the whole thing and more like this world that has a lot of stuff going on underneath the surface that you don't necessarily see. And I feel like that the that character of the duke like lends the world a lot of credibility. Like I think it makes it seem more cohesive and like there's a cooler backstory of stuff going on um, than just like video game levels designed. But don't I, like I got that same vibe from the shopkeeper in four without them being as explicit about it. Like the fact that this guy is like constantly around didn't it like in it hinted at this idea that there's this like weird guy that's mystical and unexplained in a franchise that like over explains everything. And that like level of subtlety and like lack of explanation worked for me better than it did in eight, where like not only is the guy around and constantly talking to you about like what you're doing, he also like plays a crucial role in the climax of the game, which seemed weird and like not necessarily, I don't know, didn't fit for me. Why? I mean, why? I mean, drill down on that. Like, what, I, I mean, it? it's basically the idea of uh, what is it, Deus Ex Machina? The idea that like this magical godlike being—it can't be Deus Ex Machina when the fool has been hanging around the whole time. That's not De no, that's but he Deus shows Ex, up and like, there, like Deus Ex sitting he, on a, in a car. He, without I, him, the climax of the game does not happen, right? You, it, we're getting it. We're getting a little into spoiler yeah, we, territory. We don't need to get into literary three. I, I I do agree with with um. Chris hoops. Plant for the for what it's worth has never said that before in his never life. Never said that since it gave me chills to hear Chris say, "Let's not get into literary theory." <laughs> Gosh. Anyway, Go ahead, Plant. I agree with hoops. I I like the character of the Duke a lot beyond the obvious likes of uh, the visual design. I think is complicated. 
Um, I, I can't tell if they're trying to go for Humpty Dumpty because obviously all of the Resident Evil characters assigned to a certain fairy tale. But when I was playing it, what it reminded me of was um, the ghost of Christmas past. Like this, like, like Justin said, this larger than life thing that is like weirdly all knowing this, like, know me better man vibe of like, this is a friend. You said past. past or present. The, the present is the one that's like yeah. kind of a Santa. I like yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Present. Thank you. Um, but like, yeah, there there is something like magical about him that I just enjoyed. I enjoyed like the look of his shop. I but anyway, I don't want I don't want to get way too into the shopkeeper or the briefcase. <laughs> so These granular. are not the things that were so granular. Uh, let, let's talk about the actual like game game stuff. I think. What is exciting, and again, I'm only going off what I've watched Resident Evil 4, so I'm struggling here. But what I, I like about Resident Evil 4 is it does feel like a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like it, it, it is a thing that stretches onward, and you're going through the castle, and you're going through... like like you're. It feels you're, like a Souls game or like a Castlevania game in that way, where you start small, and then you're like constantly going big. Yeah, but these are choices, right? Because then yeah. I also think Justin's right about the like... Uh, the wheel approach of Resident Evil 8, where you're going mm-hmm. out to the different spokes. I think both those things work really well. I personally prefer the thing that Justin's talking about now. Like, I'm, I'm literally saying just like, right now, where am I at in my love of video games? I love a really intentionally designed single-player video game. I think I'm just so exhausted on either the Souls format or the open-world format, that having something that is a little bit more compact, you go into a place, you see everything there is to see in it, and then you come back and cash in your rewards and then go do it again and again and again, that really appeals specifically to me right now. I I just want to point out, because I don't think we've really mentioned this, is that 4 is a linear game. Like it It has chapters, and when you leave a section of that world behind, I don't I don't know that there's a part where you come back to yeah, it. Yeah, I don't um, think you can go like yeah, no. So yeah. so so it it is I mean, in that in that regard, four is also exceptionally intentional because it's it is it's linear. Yes. When I say when I say the difference here is it, it is not um it's linear in a straight line, not like you go out and then you explore this like chunk of hub. Like it when, when yeah. again when I say Odyssey, it is like it is a journey. It's twenty hours of like Moving in a line, going along what it wants you to see. There's a ton of stuff. Again, yeah. I'm only going off of what I've what I've watched, so I'm I'm limited here. I need I need that sweet seat Resident Evil Four insight from y'all. I, I almost wish we were doing this after the the VR remake came out because I I I I am not joking when I say that the Wii version of Resident Evil Four is the best version of it because uh, Chris is right. Like I tried to play Resident Evil Four on the Switch very recently. And the controls aren't, like, they do not hold up to much scrutiny. Like, it did not take very, very long for 3D action game developers to, like, figure out how to do it a lot better than this. Uh, but just having, I don't know, it, it that power curve of four, when it feels right, like, mm-hmm. when it feels good, which I'm I'm hoping they can do in, in the VR remake, uh, is, oh God, it's it's so good. Here's, it's so good. And that's what it boils down to. I agree with everything you guys say about the, the structure of eight. It is a, it is a, it's Disneyland. Like you go to the different worlds yeah. of it and like get these completely different experiences and then come back to the hub and see what you've unlocked to get. Like that's fantastic. And I'm, if eight wins, I'm fine with that. Cause I think it 
it may be the better game, but I cannot, I think my favorite thing about the entire Resident Evil franchise is playing four on the Wii over the course of like a, a weekend and the like breathless excitement of like, I just got a new stock for my shotgun. Yeah. I have I, an idea. Are you ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we choose a temporary winner. Whoa. Did we write this down in pencil? Not Whoa, pen. Not pen. I love this. We write it down in pencil. We say, this is what we're choosing right now. And we meet back up after. So what you're saying is we VR. temporarily give it to eight. And then we say, Resident Evil 4, come get your crown. If you think you can take it out of eight's hands. It's up to you. Come back. Come back and get it. I then. like this. I think this is <laughs> it. Come back and get it if you want it. Don't get mad at us because you're old and look like dog shit. Yeah. I think. Get, I- get, get it tight. Tighten it up a little tighten bit. Tighten it a little. Go crush some more reps. It's a, but please remember, it is about progress, not perfection. <laughs> yeah, you take the take the time for you for sure. But then come get your fucking crown. Come if get you your want crown. So Tighten bad. up the graphics on level three, and then come get that crown. <laughs> <laughs> what was that from? Was that like a full sale commercial? Yeah, yeah. it was a full sale commercial. Shit. I don't know <laughs> Fresh, can you live with that? Yeah, I can live with that. I you know I hope I'm hopeful people won't be pissed by uh, oh, that decision. People are but gonna I be also so mad. People are gonna hate. Oh me yeah, so they will much. be. Okay, everyone That's, blame Chris Plant. But that just means we have an engaged listenership. But listen, no, that just means that, like, you know, later this year, this fall, come November or December, you have to buy an expensive VR headset to be a part of the finale of this conversation. <laughs> yeah, That's if Jake means. Paul and Mayweather convince us anything, it's that building up a, a crazy duo matchup in the future will cause people to spend a bunch of money. So that's, that's the that's plan. Yeah. yeah. Also, before you rush to my my Twitter uh, and to spam my replies, do me a solid. Uh, go buy Resident Evil 4 on Switch and try to play it. Cost 20 bucks. If, if you think that, that that feels good, I, I, I will hear you out. Also, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and play some more. Because I I, I, I want to buy into this idea that Freshik has it. Now that I've gotten past the hard part, I'm going to suddenly like like these controls. Um, so I, don't, I don't think you're gonna like Wii. them. Buy, but it, you can probably find it on like eBay or something to Wii? get it on Wii and get that and and have a. I, that's your homework. I want you to play a Wii game in 2021. <laughs> you play Resident Evil Four, but have you ever played Resident Four on Wii? That's good shit. Juice, thanks. That's good. Okay. That's good though. All right. Takes me back. Let's let's talk about other franchise. Congratulations for now. If Russ is okay with this, he's been strangely silent. I'll live with it. <laughs> okay to resident evil 8 <laughs> let's, let's do some reader mail real quick okay yeah. i i uh f- fresh uh asked people for some memories and I, I dug up some ones that i liked uh this one is from andrew i remember playing the demo of resident evil 4 at eb games as a kid the chaos of the opening in the village and the first time meeting one of the chainsaw guys left an impression on me that continues to this day. Test demo. to the quality of the game. If you are at an EV Games in a mall and you're like... Can still get scared. Still get, still get it. That's um, a good demo right there. This one is from a friend of the show, Druidcast. Leon Kennedy is one of my favorite characters in anything because of how much himbo energy he exudes. So I'm super torn between in Resident Evil 2 whenever he sees a zombie and yells, What is that thing? Or in Resident Evil 4, when he tells Salazar, no thanks, bro. Honestly, all of 4 is perfect. He is 
Do I think himbo? I don't know. Himbo is quite right. I feel like Chris Redfield may be more himbo than than. I Leon. don't know, dude. Leon at four. More candy in this franchise. Yeah, Leon at four is a real sack of bricks. Uh, <laughs> he is. He is. He is fantastic. Uh, this one's from Alex. One of the most memorable moments for me was uh, when Resident Evil 7 fully turns into a Resident Evil game. As soon as you get into the main hall of the house, doors have locks for specific keys, there's a shotgun that traps you in the room if you take it, and there's a double staircase just like Resident Evil 1. Uh, I just think the series is great at this, in general. Like, I, yeah. I think it's very good at like fan service without being like hollow, for the most part. Um, well, it depends on what, what they are servicing. Because if they're servicing ideas like this, it's great. If they're servicing, hey, everybody, here's Wesker. and But now he's got cyborg parts. It's not. <laughs> that's, it's that's even better. Um, and then uh, one more. This is from uh, Trainer Blue. Uh, back before there was any kind of multiplayer, my friends and I would get together in a group and take turns playing Resident Evil 4's Mercenaries mode. You only got to play five minutes out of every 20, but I loved learning from watching other people play. Great mode. It is in Village, and it is also great in Village. Highly recommend it. Uh, what else we have been playing? Can I go ahead, Russ? Tell me about Yinglet. Yeah, uh, Yinglet, which is spelled Y-N-G-L-E-T, uh, is a game made by Niflis, uh, which is a long, uh, who is a long-time uh, indie developer. Uh, made a game called Knit and Knit Stories way back when, and I, that I was a huge fan of. This game is the the basic elevator pitches. It's a platformer without platforms. You are kind of like a squid-like microscopic organism. And you're launching yourself from like puddle to puddle. But you're not actually landing. You just sort of like swim in each puddle. And uh, you're using momentum to sort of like move yourself from place to place. It has um, incredible music that like dynamically changes as you progress through the levels. And uh, it's all like hand-drawn, very pretty art. It's also five bucks on Steam for Mac and PC. So kind of this looks, hard to- This uh, looks incredible. I yeah, can't believe really, I haven't really heard good. of this. Highly recommend it. Uh, I've been playing Mighty Goose, which- uh, Did y'all see the trailer for this? No. No. So imagine Metal Slug, right? Yeah. But you're a goose. Love it. And Perfect. I, I saw the trailer and I was like, yeah, that looks fun. But like, maybe this is just getting on the untitled goose game like craze. Yeah. Just, I don't know how good this is actually going to be. Y'all, it is so good. It is so good. It is a truly fantastic modern metal, metal slug type of game. For people who didn't play those games on Neo Geo arcade cabinets in the 90s, it is a 2D side scrolling shooter. And it has, this game specifically, has some real, um, uh, Vlambeer, the studio that did Nuclear Throne, um, and Lufthauser's energy. The, the shooting and the percussiveness of, like, hitting enemies feels incredible in this game. Incredible. I really, 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 really recommend people check it out. What's it on? Um, it's on PC. And, uh... PC in June, I'm reading about... Oh, it looks like it's also out on Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. So, so everything. Yeah, it's, it's just out there. Um, cool. Yeah. Mighty Goose. Uh, I uh, <laughs> uh, I would like to borrow a couple minutes of our show to talk about Near Replicant. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Can I take these? Uh, can I take these near minutes on fucking credit, and then like later, like that seems like I can, I can catch up Final Fantasy like, fourteen. Okay, that's fine. That is, I, it's something. <laughs> I mean, near replicant is something. It's definitely something. I don't know. 
can't stop playing it, can you? No, I did stop playing oh, yeah. it now at the point where, like, once the thing happens, I was like, okay, I get it. I'm done. I, I can't. I, I did too many side quests. Okay, I, how can I keep this very general in a way that Russ kind of talked about, uh, Plant kind of talked about? There's two halves to this game. Yeah. Right? As there are to all things. Sure, wow. yeah, that's true. But there's two Shit. distinct halves to this game. And there's a time jump in the middle. And if you don't finish stuff in the first half, when the time jump happens, you can't go back and do it except for one thing that is fish-centric. Uh, and I did a lot of the stuff. A lot of the side stuff in that game is interesting. And a lot of the side stuff in that game is horseshit. I mean, really, truly terrible. Um, and because, but because like I knew I wouldn't be able to do it at any point, I powered through almost all the side stuff in the first half. And then when the time jump happens and you're kind of like not at square one, but it's very different. Uh, well, not very different, but it like is definitely a big change. It's not just like here's the next yeah. level. It's it's there's a big shift. Um, but I like couldn't. I was too no. It was too much already. I couldn't keep no. Going. Ju- I got, Justin, I got thirty Justin. seconds into that, and I was like, I I, I can't. Justin, I, no, 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 no. Let let me let me. Sorry, just let me give like one. I don't know how much longer it is. I have no context no, for Justin, that. It, I don't know if I'm halfway through. I spent so much time in the first half of the game that I got to the second part where it's a clean break. And I'm like, I can't keep the doing first this. part of the game is the bad stuff. You, you this is like playing the RPG. You now people are always like, oh, you got to play the first twenty hours of the RPG and then you get to the fun. You did the hard part and you've made it to the fun part, and now you're like, I'm good. I, I did I, I did the bad part. I might have just needed a break. It was like, I very, like, it's, hey, listen, here's what I will say. Yeah. That I did not realize before that I would fully realize now. When Nier first came out, I played, I don't know, a few hours of it and then got mad about fishing. And then you I were a young You were a young man. I was a young man. Thank you. And then I played Nier Automata and I was like, this is fucking great. Yeah. What does this have to do with near though? Like I don't understand how what I have to do. Play near replicant for any for an extended period of time, and especially like get through this first half, and the connections between the two become very. It yeah. starts to feel very much of a piece with near automata oh. in a way that like I really don't. I, I, and I'll, I, I will return. I to really it want you to I, finish I it now because you've made it to the good I'm stuff. I'm not going to finish no, you, it. You, well, no, not all, <laughs> not, not replay it five times, but I want you to get to the ending of just a playthrough because as somebody who likes near automata, it's really worth it. You've, you've really made it to the part where it I actually really, gets good. Honestly, plant i think you did ruin the experience for me overall as you have with so many other things <laughs> in because I, when i was about when i was about to finish the first half uh-huh. this little chris plant popped up on my shoulder and was like did you get all the souls <laughs> i was like fuck Damn no it. i didn't you have to get them all okay fuck yes all right i'll go get all the swords i told you that you um, don't have to do that we learned from the listeners they let us know about a thousand yeah times. but you can buy them i'm not gonna grind out currency i'm gonna go in and play the weird mist clone to get someone out of the dream prison. Yo, this sounds That's good. a thing in the game, <laughs> by the this way. It's like a very a, weird yeah. video game. Sounds like a good game. I'm tempted, and I shouldn't even say this out loud, but I, I didn't really get into Nier Automata, but some of this shit sounds good. Maybe I, maybe I played Nier Replicant yeah. first, and then Griffin, I go play Nier Automata. Did you know that there's a Resident Evil sequence in Nier Replicant? Because there is. Just okay, I'm gonna play, I'll, oh, I'm there's gonna play also a game. Diablo sequence in it. 
Just, okay, okay. Just there. Well, I also, I also, uh, I've been playing uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, and I did just get to the point oh, yeah? where I can, I can do a raid, so I could do the near raid now. So where does that fit oh. in the canon? It well, actually, that is uh, has a lot more to do with the Tracking Guard series. If you'd like me to tell you more, oh, I yeah. can do that maybe oh, off podcast. Uh, I, yeah, I'm all caught up on fourteen now. That was that's how I've been spending the twenty minutes every hour and a half that I uh, get to live my life these days. <laughs> I live my life twenty minutes at a time. Uh, and I also just got uh, my fucking Minecraft server because they just updated it. I got that one back going. So uh, I'll hit you boys up with the link so you can get some, have some fun time building some, you know, uh, fortresses. And that game's fucking bonkers now. Yeah, there's I like, want to play it one day, but but still no circles. Still haven't. Well, that's not true. I found an orb. <sighs> huh? Yeah, we'll talk about it later. I put in a cheat code to make an orb. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> All right, uh, folks, thank you so much for um, for listening to our program. You can follow us on Twitter at TheBestiesPod. Um, but the best thing you can do for us is to help with uh, uh, spread the word about the show. Word of mouth. That's the, you know, you could rate, review. That stuff's all good. But if you tell some people you know, like, hey, you like video games? Here it is. These doofuses picked the wrong Resident Evil game and said a lot of bad things, but it's still a worthwhile listen. <laughs> um, next week, do we know what do it? Yeah, we do. Yet? Next week Ooh. is a legit A1 big. big release in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I did say that this was the first PlayStation 5 exclusive since Demon's Souls, which is totally false. I apologize for that. Returnal obviously was the second uh, uh, PS5 exclusive, but this is the third and uh, uh, yeah, by all reports, it's a very good game. So I'm very excited to talk about it. And I feel like we're going to be absolutely, I mean, forgive my language, but balls deep in E3 news. It's going to be oh, piling yeah, up yeah, all man. around oh us. God. The big show is happening. The we're going to be there show. live on the show floor. Yeah. Of course, we're going to be there live. I already got my tickets booked to L.A. I'm going to uh, be at the Ranch the 1 in front of the L.A. Convention Center. So you want to stop by. I'll be right there. Russ will be in bikini shorts passing out monster energy samples. <laughs> <laughs> so check that out. Uh, thanks so much for listening. That's going to do it for us for the besties. And be sure to join us again next time for the besties. Because you're the world's best friend through the world's best games. Yeah.